0: Welcome to Thrive, your agency resource, the only podcast for creative, media, and technology leaders who are ready to dive deeper into conscious leadership and agency growth. I'm your host, Kelly Campbell. Thrive is brought to you by Accessibility, the leading web accessibility solutions provider. Join thousands of agencies that are already incorporating web inclusivity into their service offerings. Visit accessibility.com today. All right. So welcome back to Thrive, everyone. The last episode with Gina Hayden was a great entrance into what we call effective leadership. Some people call conscious leadership. And today I'm actually talking with Rachel Roberts Maddox, who is the founder and CEO of Oil & Water. It's a brand development and go-to-market agency for beauty brands. And full disclosure... Uh, Rachel has actually been a client of mine for about a year. Today, we're diving into something that very few people want to talk about, but we want to talk about it, and hopefully you want to listen to it. So we're going to talk about how our emotional history actually can hold us back in terms of leading our agencies. So I'm really excited to finally uh, you know, record this episode with our welcome, Rachel. It's so good to talk to you.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. It's awesome to be here. And um... I love that people get to listen into this conversation. I've gotten a lot out of it with you in the last year, so it's it's I'm I'm excited to to bring it bring it on in the world.
0: Yeah, let's let's bring it on. So um, let's start with where you were with the agency with Oil and Water a year, two, three years ago, whatever it was when you initially reached out to me.
1: Yeah, well, right, because I reached out to you in like 2019, um, and then we worked together um, starting in 2021. Uh, so you know, we've we've been around for nine years, and we've been growing every year. You know, um, incrementally. When I reached out to you in 2019, it was actually you know our biggest year to date that year, and I I had some team members actually who I you know loved and, and respected, saying to me hey i think you're thinking too small i think you're you're kind of holding yourself back um you're holding the agency back a little bit with the way you're thinking and and you know i think at that time it was around things like were we charging enough and were we um you know kind of getting out of our box and if i was i was very clear on like the services that we were offering but I, I i think that my team was seeing that there was more that we could offer and i remember at that time, being a little bit kind of ticked off that they were saying that to me, I was like, you don't understand what it's like to run an agency and to have to keep you know clients happy and keep money coming in and keep paying all my people. And you know, I kind of felt like they didn't they just didn't get it. And it really did, and we talked I remember in two thousand and nineteen and that wasn't the right year for me to engage and then twenty twenty happened And I think twenty twenty, we survived it, uh, but it was a really hard year, of course. And I think that coming out of 2020, I had the aha where I was like, okay, if that didn't kill us, then we've got something, but I've got to go bigger of home. I've got to figure out some way to really come out in 2021 in a really powerful way and, and shift and pivot. And I, I realized two years later that what my team, had been telling me was true that I was holding myself back somehow and I didn't know quite how. Yeah. And so I called you and I I reminded you who I was and I said I think I'm ready. Um and luckily you were able to to take me on as a client and and you know now a year later, oh my gosh, I can see I can see so much more clearly now how I was holding myself back. But I think when I called you, I just knew that something was holding me back. I wasn't sure what it was and I needed some outside help. Yeah.
0: So over the last kind of year or so, what, what are some of like the kinds of realizations that you started to come to on your own as you were kind of becoming a little bit more self-aware?
1: Well, I think the big sort of, uh, you know, meta idea that was coming to me, and it still is, right? We're kind of always sort of um, the veil's always sort of being lifted, right? But I think that one of the big ahas um, was that I I couldn't I couldn't disassociate myself as a leader from my 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 real self, right? There was no like real Rachel in the real world and in my relationships that was separate from the Rachel that showed up to work every day. And the Rachel that was hiring and leading and, you know, signing on clients and trying to make them happy, you know, like there was just this one self. And I think for a very long time, I sort of would, I thought that I could hide out in my work and in my role. Like if things weren't quite okay in my personal life or in relationships, or, you know, I was having my own sort of reality over here that I could just drown myself in work, which I did for uh, many, many, many years before even the agency started. I found a lot of comfort in that. I found a a lot of sort of identity identity in that. Um, And I do feel like I I thought that I could sort of like, now I can see it very clearly or more clearly that I felt like I was almost like hiding out. But the truth is, is that all of the stuff that was going on sort of in the background in this sort of inner world um, was showing up. In the way that I was leading, in the way that I was growing the business, and the people I was hiring—that was a big aha. Like I could start looking at the people I had hired in the past and and say, "Oh, they're a reflection of my mindset. They were they were an embodiment of the things that I was thinking and fearing and and all of that." So I started to really see that there was no separation, and that I was bringing it all to work, whether or not I was conscious of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because what you're talking about in terms of hiding out in the work is really, you know, it's, it's distraction. Um, Some people could call it that socially as a socially acceptable thing. um, That's a trauma response, right? So if we don't want to face something and and again, I say this all the time, but trauma, big T, little T, it doesn't actually matter. Right. Right. Um, It's a response to like, I can't cope. There's something else going on. So I'm just going to distract myself and not actually face whatever is actually going on underneath the surface. So some people throw themselves into work. Most, Most agency leaders throw themselves into work. Because mm-hmm. that is socially acceptable, and mm-hmm. other people, you know, not that agency leaders don't also do this, but it could also look like you know drinking or um, yeah. lots of other like quote unquote addictions, right? So yeah. this is
1: absolutely
0: it's kind of like a coping mechanism.
1: It absolutely is, and I can I can I can really now see it. I mean, it started probably in my you know well, it started when it started probably in my early youth, but I really started to see it um, become. A co- you know, work becoming a coping mechanism in my twenties. Um, and I, and I was, it's a very sneaky coping mechanism because it's also attached to achievement.
0: Yeah. Cause you get and rewarded
1: for it. Exactly. And you get rewarded financially. You get rewarded from bosses who you're, you know, hoping to impress. You get rewarded from the family who maybe where this is all where it came from, you know, and you're just hoping that they see you finally as like, you know the star that you are um you know so i think that like the achievement um addiction uh mm-hmm. is is a is a really powerful um and and a very long lasting um and and sort of like it's it's sneaky um and and it, and it really i think it could have taken, i could have had my whole career sort of operating from that place but it ultimately i think you know i came to a place where i was like what it you know? What is the next rung on the ladder that I'm trying to achieve that I think is going to bring me some sort of peace of mind or some inner peace or reduce this level of anxiety that I have? And I think that it was that level of sort of anxiety, um, feeling like. And I mean, as agency owners, we know this that we're. I, I say this all the time. We we kind of eat what we kill. <laughs> you know, we're we're really only as good as our project pipeline, and. It, when you're a founder and you're running the agency, you're looking at that pipeline all the time and saying, is this healthy? Is this substantial? Is this going to sustain us? That's a, just an on, ongoing sort of chronic level of anxiety, right? And so yeah. that, that reality, which is like, nobody can really escape. Um, if you have an achievement mindset and you ha- and you're also coming from sort of maybe a scarcity mentality of, always feeling like you're not, you know, it's, it's not quite enough and you need more. um, And, you you know, you, then you start saying yes to kind of everything and anything and trying to figure out how to make yes happen. I was very stuck in that for very, for, for, for most of the nine years. Um, And, you know, it's funny now, but to look back, but we didn't really even have like a project management system. We didn't really have like a production schedule. We would sort of glance at the calendar and go, "I think we can say yes to this. I think we can fit it in in these two days." You know, you know, it doesn't work like that. You know, like you have to allow for buffer. You have to allow for, um, you know, the reality of what projects really take to, to complete. When you start squeezing projects in between projects just to kind of, you know, pad and 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 it support your bottom line, I mean, it, it's it's a recipe for chaos and burnout. 100%. So that's these were things that were just sort of the natural state of the day-to-day inner workings of the agency for so long. Yeah. Until I started to wake up to to some of this deeper stuff.
0: Yeah, it's interesting cuz as you're talking and kind of like describing that experience, I'm like, well, yeah, I I absolutely went through that, you know, for the majority of the time that I owned my agency and I'm assuming um that every agency owner or leader that's listening to this is like nodding, even if they don't want to admit that that's been the case um, or that that is currently the case, like there's definitely, I could feel the head nod from the collective right now. Um, My
1: team is nodding their head and they're going, <laughs> uh, you, we're not quite out of that. Are we, I mean, you know, it, it, it is the reality too of like, you have, you've got to make the numbers work and you've got to make your month and you've got to make your quarter. And so, I mean, I, I'm deeply compassionate about this issue, but I think that there are not only systems to put in place to support that, but but the work that we're doing and I think the big ahas that are kind of coming to me more regularly are about why am I operating like this? Yes. Why am I coming from this place? Well,
0: let's go to, into that. It's good because my yeah. curiosity is around how has unpacking some of your own emotional history just directly impacted the business, right? That's what we're here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll talk about the thing that I think nobody really wants to talk about, including me, but I think it's really important. um, Because I think we all have it to some extent, most likely is the, is the scarcity mentality. Right. And it can, it can, it can show up in so many ways, but the, the idea that are we enough? Do we have enough? Are we good enough? You know, all, and and I I think that are we good enough kind of correlates to the imposter syndrome, which is its own sort of uh, you know sort of emotional territory. Um, but I think that the the scarcity mentality, I, I'd imagine that every agency owner has had times um, where that's been very up for them. you know, like it is is it all enough? And I think that, as we just said, that can lead to some some making some really poor decisions. And making what I would call sort of blind decisions, and Kelly, we've talked about this so much. Like, I'm not going to look at it. I'm just going to say yes, and we're going to figure out how to make it happen. I think that the hard work that that we're doing, but that I think we should we should all be doing if we want to just get better at being uh, sort of an awake human, not to mention a leader, is uh, having the courage to look um, and to and to really start un- unraveling where does that come from. So I think for me, you know certainly you know family br- upbringing and and sort of you know family issues around money um you know i had I was raised by a, an entrepreneur my father was an entrepreneur you know seeing him throughout my whole life um you know s- thriving and also struggling at times you know that's just sometimes the, the reality right of yeah. being a business owner um and being really sensitive to that as a child um I just was. I was just very attuned to it as a child. I really sort of like picked up on that energy, um, and then coming out of of you know college and getting into my career, and really just having a a, an, a, a belief that like I had to do this on my own. I, I didn't want. I I wasn't sort of the wired to just sort of like coast. I wasn't wired to you know, get married and settle down and not work. I was wired to like go get out there and shred. And I really wanted to experience life and I loved business, but there was definitely this sort of unconscious, you know, tape that was playing in my mind. That was like, you have to hustle to make it always. There is no rest. The hustle is what keeps you fed. The hustle is what keeps it all going the moment that you start to sort of lay off the gas pedal, it's going to, it's going to all crumble. Like the ax is going to fall. Yeah. And that, I mean that even that phrase is a phrase that we've used, you know, throughout my life and my family, like the, you know, the, the the shoe's going to drop. So I, I just came into this world and was born into a, an amazing family, but a family that these were the issues for us. So I carried this into my adulthood and into my career and, um, and the veneer of achievement and the veneer of um, hustle. And like I may not have been the smartest person in the room, I was definitely not the most like educated person in the room. I was sitting up uh, with Harvard MBAs at, at, at many tables, but I I would out I would outwork anybody. Like that was my thing. I was going to show up first. I was going to leave last. Um, and that was the badge of honor I wore for a really long time. And I think that it you know it got the agency up and running. But launching an agency and running and scaling an agency are two different things.
0: Did you know that one out of five people in the U.S. is living with some form of disability? I'm proud to partner with Accessibility as they work toward the mission of making the web accessible to everyone. It's time to prioritize inclusivity. Ensure that your own website and your client sites can be accessed by all, and that they're ADA compliant. Head over to accessibility.com forward slash thrive to learn more about their agency partner program. Now back to the show. Right. Because exactly what you're just talking about, that like hustle mentality where like, I have to do it all on my own, you know, um, this, like I'm going to outwork everybody else. Right. It ends up alienating our own employees. Totally. Uh, your city mindset means that we say yes to non-ideal clients. It means that we don't price our services appropriately. So literally, like what gets you to this point of owning an agency is the literal thing that holds you back from scaling,
1: growing, etc. Right. That you just said it exactly perfectly. Like I don't regret the things that it took to get here. Just like I don't regret the hustle and the sort of achievement-oriented mentality that I had in my 20s, like It got me here, you know, like I've got to love that woman and that girl. And I love that the agency got to this place, but I'm definitely aware now that like, you're absolutely right. Like my team was looking at me, like, first of all, this is totally unsustainable what you're doing and then what you're asking me to do, you know? And, and it wasn't, this is the big thing for me was like, it wasn't producing the best work, right? Like my team was burning out. They were losing creative energy and, and vitality. Um, they were definitely not stoked. <laughs> they were just like, they were doing what they were doing. They were showing up. And luckily, like I have got an incredible loyal team. Like they, you know, they've st- stuck with me through a lot of it, but, but, but yeah, it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And I think seeing, being able to really remove the veil and see that, like, I'm not, it's not just me. I'm impacting now all of these other humans that like are showing up every day and working for oil and water. And I, you know, so it, the awareness is is self-awareness, but it's also like collective, like, what is my impact? How does it, how is this impacting my community? You know, and that's a huge aha. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Where, where are you sitting right now? Not that you're on the other side of it, but you're certainly yeah. on the other side of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's
1: definitely, like- Yeah, we're definitely in the work. I mean, I, um, and I, what I mean by that is, is that like the lessons over the last year in working with you and, and just how I've been, you know, actively sort of implementing these things and in the, in the agency, um, have led me to a, a few really key realizations. One is that, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working on this conscious leadership, the concept of conscious leadership or effective leadership really on like three layers. You know, there's, there's the self, of course, right. That's where it begins. And that's the only place that we can really have the truest like impact is being willing to work on the self, see where the triggers are coming from. Um, I'm always working on like, you will always with, work on that. <laughs> yeah. And re- and, and responding consciously instead of just reacting taking those pauses before making decisions really knowing that like my first response may not always or my first reaction may not be the healthiest sometimes that first reaction is an old tape right the conscious reaction or response is the one that you go wait stop like what would be what? What's going to be like the downstream effect of this of this decision that I'm about to make? Right, like just pausing and thinking. I know it sounds so simple, but boy, it's, it when you're in the moment and making fast decisions, like having that practice um, is really key. So self mastery, uh, mastery is a very strong word. Just working on the self, and then and then practicing conscious leadership with the team. And I've got a small team, uh, and they're tight. You know, we're remote, but we're tight. I'm really encouraging them. To work on this in their own way, working on themselves, their own self awareness, their own sort of self care. This is a really big theme for us at the agency. We're obviously in the beauty and health and wellness space. So we talk a lot about self care. How are you nurturing your creative health? This is a conversation that we have to start every Monday meeting. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, let's be, I wanna be really real like this, you know it's just a conversation. Sometimes people don't have anything to say. Some people are like, I'm not, I'm not nurturing it this week. (laughs) Like, you know, like we're, we're just in the practice, but at least there's a space and a container where we can talk about it and, and, you know, share ideas. And some of the ideas that have come up have just been so beautiful. Yes. It's like getting into nature, taking time in the middle of your day to do a quick meditation. I mean, these things are, they sound so trite or simple, but They really do change the course of of the day. So culture. And then, and then the third one is, of course, clients. Like how are how is this effective leadership and conscious leadership practice internally for us as a company impacting our clients? And how can we share it with our clients? You know, this is actually like to me the most exciting territory because we're marketers and we're branders and we're helping to build brands and yes a lot of it is marketing and messaging and design and what you see and what you hold but really at the end of the day it's like what company are you building mm-hmm. you know and are you living your values are you really like practicing what you're preaching in your own company so there is um there is a, a you know sort of a dotted line or like wh- like a string that connects what the work we're doing with our culture into possibly the company that they're building and that feels really good. You know, it feels like, Oh, we're going to have maybe a, you know, a bigger impact with this work. So yeah, I would say we're sitting what I'm sitting with now is these three layers and how am I working on them every day?
0: It's, it's interesting the way that you just described that, because I almost see that third layer of like, what is the impact that I can have um, on the clients, on their businesses, maybe on their employees, as well as your own, of course. Um, and then, like the the larger impact of like their customers, right? So, yeah. like, are they embodying conscious leadership? And I almost see this like third layer of leadership that you're working on as like almost like an undercover service offering. It's like conscious leadership, yeah, right? Right. right. And you don't know that you're, you think that we're just going to build your brand and it, maybe give you a go to market strategy and a content strategy. But at the end of the day, we're also kind of like consulting as to like how to live your values. They're not just things that sit, you know, on a website or on the packaging. Right. It's like how That's are exactly it embodying that and then, you know, conveying that to the world, to the customers who may also be impacted by it. So like the ripple effect is, is kind of incredible
1: it's well the ripple effect is one of our we have six sort of uh, commitments creative commitments and the ripple effect is the sixth one that i added later because i was because of this exact thing where i thought you know we're not i i've always been passionate about mindful marketing and and marketing the truth of the product or the formula or the brand or the company and what that requires from us is to really get into the truth of it like what what are the underpinnings? What really is driving you to do this and to put this out in the world? And I think when we can tell that story really authentically, um, these values start to just sort of naturally kind of come out in the content and in, in what we're creating, right? So, yes, absolutely. Like if we're doing our jobs well and the client is really open to it and they're on the path of making the world better with their brand or their company, then then it's really about just communicating. Uh, through the the company and through the brand and through the product um these really important values that that can make us all a little bit better um so i it's 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 aspirational but that's what we want to be up to so i you 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 definitely nailed that
0: yeah it's interesting also because the way that I was thinking about that as you were talking, um, is, you know, there's been so much focus on like the why, right? Like if, Mm -hmm. if you're building a brand, everything comes down to the why, but what you're saying is, yes, the why is incredibly important. And that's how we're going to get to actually have a brand, have a company. But then this, this thing that I call like lighting the way, um, Mm. you call the ripple effect, but in my forthcoming book, I, I call lighting the way, like one of the prerequisites of conscious leadership and, for me it almost seems like the why but beyond ourselves right so it's like
1: yeah. yes, oh for why. sure
0: and then what's
1: what's next so that's it cool. and i think you know this the the emergence of conscious leaders is is i think you know it's a it's a requirement for our planet i mean to just just to speak boldly like i think we have to be moving in this direction but it's not just for the benefit of the leaders doing their work and and all of that. It's really so that they can lead and we can lead, you know, bigger companies and 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 make this impact on a bigger scale. Um, because it it really, I believe, is like these big companies and maybe hopefully one day governments that are uh, awake enough to create this big change and to light the way. Right? We need these pillars, these examples, these like lighthouses in the world, and it begins. With this work on a on a very individual internal level. Yeah.
0: So that's a good segue. Um, as we <laughs> start to kind of like wrap up here, what's the biggest takeaway that you would impart on other agency leaders, regardless of what vertical they serve? Um, agency leaders who are maybe a bit skeptical about this correlation between like healing our past or unpacking that stuff and becoming a more effective leader, like yeah what what guidance would you give
1: i think the the simplest thing i can say is that um be i think growth and success like connecting success, your success as a professional to your success as a human and being a successful human is i believe like really having the courage to look at um, yourself really really closely, and to say like what are the things that might be getting in my way from having a really fulfilling um, peaceful ex- you know less anxiety kind of like existence and a lot of that stuff that stands in our way professionally that stands in our way in relationships, that stands in our way between us having really great relationships even with our employees and our colleagues like that stuff um is, you know, often just like past stuff that we haven't dealt with. And again, you can call it a lot of things. You can call it trauma. You can say that you need to heal old wounds, whatever you call it. That sounds sort of therapeutic. The bottom line is, is that we are one human walking around in, we're, you know, in all of these different capacities and all these different roles. And the same human that's in the relationship or that has unfinished business with a partner or a parent or whatever is the same person that's showing up to this role as a leader and it's informing the decisions that we're making and hiring and who we're saying yes to and how we're operating and acting. So I would say that like the big takeaway is having the courage to kind of look at that stuff and work with someone. If you, you know, if you need that help um, so that you can be the most successful, the most sort of vibrant and alive and vital. Um, And it's, it's really not it's not really scary. It, it's actually deeply empowering, because you start to really see like, oh man, this was just something I could let go of, and it's opened up this huge like new way of looking at things. Yeah. Um, so I guess the big thing is is that it's all it's all connected. You know, we can't we can't silo ourselves off. We're we're all connected, and and we have to um, we have to lead with that awareness.
0: Yeah, beautifully said. Um, and I I heard you say empowerment. I would also just build on that to say freedom. There's a lot of like emotional Mm. liberation and um, other forms of liberation that are really on the other side of that. And it's not scary, as you said. So we, we just, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about this stuff, but I feel like we're kind of at a place in this world, in this life, like wherever you're at, where there's not really another option. So like, let's just, let's just di- go. Right. <laughs>
1: that's exactly true. There's no, there's no hiding. There's no hiding in work. There's no hiding, right. We're, we're here. Let's fully, let's fully embody all of it and and wake up to all of it. Um, yeah. That's, that's my, that's, that's the one thing I would leave for any agency owner who's a little skeptical of all of this work. It's um, it's the work. It's the work. Yeah.
0: Rachel, thank (laughs) you so much. I love that we were able to get together on the show. Um, I know I've been wanting to do this for a long time, so I appreciate you.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you too, Kelly. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Be
0: sure to subscribe wherever you watch or listen. And a final note of gratitude to the official sponsor of Thrive Accessibility, the leading web accessibility solutions provider. Learn more about the win-win proposition and keep your clients' websites inclusive and compliant. Be sure to check out their partner program for your agency today at accessibility.com forward slash thrive.